Good morning and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Sunday, February 4th. On today's show, Curry nets a season-high 60, but the Hawks get the last laugh, and the Raiders are expected to name Getze as their new OC, according to sources. Plus, the Lakers' defense turns up the heat to halt the streaking Knicks. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with a recap of last night's thrilling overtime game where the Golden State Warriors fell to the Atlanta Hawks 141-134 to despite a season-high 60-point performance from Stephen Curry. Trey Young of the Hawks contributed significantly to the win with 35 points. James, our Simply Sports correspondent, is here to delve deeper into this game. So James, how significant was Curry's performance in this game? It was indeed a remarkable performance by Curry. He was just two points shy of his career-high 62 points. He made 22 of 38 shots from the field, hit 10 of 23 three-pointers, and converted all six of his free throws. This makes him the 10th player in NBA history with multiple 60-point games. However, despite his stellar performance, the Warriors couldn't secure a win. That's quite an achievement for Curry. But how did this loss affect the Warriors' standing? The loss certainly didn't help the Warriors' situation. They're currently 12th in the Western Conference, with a 21-25 record. Curry himself expressed his frustration, stating that a few different plays could have changed the outcome of the game. What about the Hawks? How did they manage to secure this win? The Hawks had a strong team performance. DeJoint Murray scored the last seven points in an 11-0 run to open the overtime and finished with 19 points. Onyeko Okongwu had a career-high 22 points and a season-high 16 rebounds, and Jalen Johnson scored 21 points. This win marks their fourth consecutive victory, matching their best stretch of the season. And how did the other Warriors players perform? The Warriors were short-handed, especially after the first half. Forward Dario Saric missed his second consecutive game due to illness. Andrew Wiggins suffered a foot injury late in the first half, and Jonathan Kuminga fouled out with just over a minute remaining in regulation. However, x-rays on Wiggins' foot were negative, and there's a possibility that Saric could join the team for their next game. Thanks for the insights, James. Now, shifting gears to the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders are reportedly set to hire Luke Getze as their new offensive coordinator. This comes after Cliff Kingsbury, former Arizona Cardinals coach, withdrew his consideration for the position. Here to discuss this development is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about this decision and the implications it has for the Raiders? Certainly, David. Getze, who was recently let go by the Chicago Bears as their offensive coordinator, was one of at least five candidates the Raiders interviewed for the position. The others included Kingsbury, former Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, Pittsburgh Steelers receivers coach Mike Sullivan, and UCLA coach Chip Kelly. Interestingly, Van Pelt has since been hired as the New England Patriots offensive coordinator, while Kingsbury has been linked to the vacant Washington Commanders offensive coordinator position. What are the expectations for Getze in his new role with the Raiders? Raiders coach Antonio Pierce has made it clear that he expects a minimum of 24 points per game from the new offensive coordinator. 
This is a significant increase from the Raiders' average of 19.5 points per game under former coach Josh McDaniels and interim offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree. To meet this target, the Raiders would need to score 408 points, a feat they've only achieved three times since their 2002 Super Bowl season. What kind of approach is Getze expected to bring to the Raiders' offense? Getze is known for his run-heavy approach, which aligns with what Pierce and new general manager Tom Telesco are looking for. Under Getze, the Bears led the NFL in rushing in 2022 and finished second in 2023. However, the Bears were last in passing offense in 2022 and 27th last season, averaging 21.2 points per game. It will be interesting to see how Getze balances these aspects in his new role. Could there be any potential trades on the horizon for the Raiders with Getze's appointment? There's speculation that the Raiders, who hold the number 13 overall draft pick, might target Bears quarterback Justin Fields for a trade. This is particularly intriguing given Getze's relationship with Fields from their time in Chicago. The Raiders are likely to move on from veteran Jimmy Garoppolo, and while rookie Aiden O'Connell has shown promise, he's been somewhat immobile in the pocket. What led to Getze's departure from the Bears? Getze was let go by the Bears on January 10th as part of a staff shakeup, despite the team deciding to retain coach Matt Eberflus for the 2024 season. The Bears finished 7-10, tied for last place in the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. There were several instances of player frustrations over the Bears' offense during the 2023 season, which may have contributed to the decision. How did the Raiders perform last season, and what impact could Getze's appointment have on their performance? The Raiders had a mixed season, finishing 8-9. They went 5-4 under Pierce who was promoted from linebacker's coach to interim coach and even handed the conference champion Kansas City Chiefs their most recent loss on Christmas Day. However, their quarterbacks combined for just an 80.1 QBR rating. With Getze's run-heavy approach and potential new quarterback, the Raiders could see a significant change in their offensive performance. Thanks for that update, Abby. In other sports news, the Los Angeles Lakers managed to snap the New York Knicks' nine-game winning streak with a 113-105 victory on Saturday night. The Lakers, who started Rui Hachimura over Torian Prince, showcased a strong defensive performance in the fourth quarter. Celeste, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to delve into the details. Can you tell us more about the Lakers' strategy in this game? Absolutely, David. The Lakers started off with a fresh look, with Rui Hachimura in the starting lineup over Torian Prince, but it was their defense in the fourth quarter that really made the difference. They limited the Knicks to just 19 points in the final quarter, including only 10 points through the first 11 minutes. This defensive prowess helped them secure their victory. And how did the Lakers' key players perform in this game? LeBron James led the Lakers with 24 points and played all but 55 seconds of the second half. He was instrumental in turning the tides in the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis, despite scoring only 12 points, was a force on the defensive end with 18 rebounds and four blocked shots. Two of those blocks came in quick succession late in the third quarter, sparking a fast break for the Lakers. What about the Knicks? How did they fare without Julius Randle? O.G. Anunoby and Quentin Grimes. 
Jalen Brunson stepped up for the Knicks, scoring 36 points. However, he was held to just four for nine shooting in the fourth quarter as the Lakers' defense tightened. The Knicks coach, Tom Thibodeau, acknowledged the impact of the Lakers' defense, particularly highlighting the performances of Davis and LeBron. The Lakers are dealing with an injury concern for Jared Vanderbilt. How is this affecting their game plan? Yes, there's concern that Vanderbilt's right foot injury could sideline him for the rest of the season. However, the Lakers believe that maintaining their defensive effort, even without Vanderbilt, will give them the best chance to make a late-season run. Davis emphasized the importance of taking one-on-one -on -one matchups personally as a way to improve. And what can we expect from the Lakers moving forward? The Lakers are hoping to stick with the starting lineup they used in this game. This was one of 15 different starting lineups they've used this season, but coach Darvin Ham hopes this one will stick. The Lakers are 3-2 on their six-game road trip and will close it out on Monday against the Charlotte Hornets. They're aiming to play the type of basketball they envision and know they're capable of, particularly focusing on high-level defense. Thanks for that analysis, Celeste. Now shifting gears to football, we have a major development to discuss. Kylian Mbappe, the Paris Saint-Germain star, has reportedly decided to join Real Madrid once his contract with PSG expires this summer. This news was first reported by Le Parisien and confirmed by sources to ESPN. Our correspondent Bella is here to discuss this further. So Bella, what can you tell us about this move? Indeed, David. It seems that Mbappe, who is 25, has made his decision to join the 14-time European champions, Real Madrid. However, he has not yet informed PSG or Real Madrid officially. The announcement is expected to be made next week. An interesting aspect of this move is Mbappe's desire to play with France in the Olympic Games on home soil this summer, which will be a significant part of the negotiations with Madrid. But given Mbappe's previous U-turn over a move to Madrid in 2022, is there a chance he could change his mind again? There's always a possibility until the deal is officially signed by both parties. However, it seems that his move to Madrid is finally set to materialize this summer. What about his financials? How does this move impact his earnings? Interestingly, PSG had offered Mbappe a pay rise on his 72 million euro gross salary, but he turned it down. By choosing to leave the club as a free agent, he will be opting out of bonuses that amount to around 100 million euros. His wages at Madrid are expected to be half of what he currently earns at PSG. That's quite a financial sacrifice. What's the motivation behind this move? Mbappe, who grew up idolizing Bernabeu legends like Zinedine Zidane and Cristiano Ronaldo, has always dreamt of playing for Madrid. According to sources, he feels it's the right time in his career to make this move. And how is PSG planning to deal with this loss? PSG had two scenarios prepared for their future plans, one that involved Mbappe staying at the club and one that didn't. With his decision to leave, they will now follow their plan B. Sources suggest that they have identified AC Milan's Rafael Liao as Mbappe's replacement. That's a significant development indeed. Thanks for the insights, Bella. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>